Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today we discuss technical diagramming with systems architect Maya. Let's go. First question. You've spent 10 hours slogging over a sequence diagram that should have taken five. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board. And if I'm being honest, Miro would probably cut that time down by half. You know, with its AI tools and ready-to-go templates. Next, your diagrams become so bulky, it's more complex than the solar system. But all it takes is a few clicks and... It's Miro. I've used those technical shape packs way too many times. And stuff is just digestible on its infinite online canvas. Now, the final question. Everyone's brought in. But you have to make all these tasks all the way over in Jira. But wait, it's done. Is it... Miro. Easy with its two-way Jira sync. Easy to plot dependencies. Everyone always knows what's up. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people creating technical diagrams without workflow glitches. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Welcome to Good for a Weekend, the podcast where two friends talk about Taylor Swift. I'm MK Ashford. And I'm Cressy Cornis. And today we're welcoming Swifties new and old to the episode where we're going to take a trip down memory lane and explain our fandom's lore to any new Swifties out there. And I think there's a lot. Yes, we are going to talk about the inside jokes, the main characters, the iconic fandom moments, tour chants, Easter eggs, and all the little things about Taylor's life in general that the newer, non-old school Swifties may not know. And unfortunately, the rumors are true. We can no longer gatekeep our favorite underground indie artist, Taylor Swift, because ever since folklore, Taylor's fame has surpassed casual pop and country music fans. And it feels like the amount of diehard Swifties has like quadrupled. And although this is making tickets infinitely harder to get, we do want to welcome the new Swifties with open arms and share our deep treasured love spanning almost two decades now, which is kind of crazy. That's like most of our lives. Yeah. So let's just start from the beginning with who Taylor is. If you're an old Swifty, this can just be a, a nice little trip down memory lane. And if you're a new Swifty, get out the notes app. Take notes. Sit down. Let's learn. Taylor Allison Swift was born to her parents, Scott and Andrea, on December 13, 1989, in West Reading, Pennsylvania, making the Sagittarius 40, 43, <laughs> 34. <laughs> Her parents named her after the famous six-time Grammy winner singer, James Taylor. Taylor has one little brother named Austin. You might see them at award shows together sometimes. Uh, he went to a few Chiefs games. You might see him there. And they grew up together on a Christmas tree farm before moving to Tennessee when Taylor was 14. In 2005, Taylor was discovered in Nashville by Scott Borchetta at the Blue Bird Cafe. And the rest is history. Taylor has two family members of acclaim. Taylor's grandmother, Marjorie Ginley, was a famous opera singer and TV personality. She gained her fame after winning a talent competition in 1950 and went on to tour with ABC and have her own TV show in Puerto Rico. Taylor's great-great-grandpa, Charlie Carmine Anthony Baldy, was a famous entrepreneur in the early 1900s. I didn't know about him. Yeah, he's got a Wikipedia page. Very interesting. So let's get into some fun facts about Taylor. Let's start with the most obvious that if you are new to this fandom, you've probably picked up on this here and there. Uh, her lucky number is 13. So you might see fans doing some calculus to try to get random things to add up to 13. And if you want to learn more about this, if this is totally shocking to you, we do have an episode on this. Episode 13 is about her history with the number. Another interesting fact, she holds her pins 
Very weird. You would probably start recognizing this when she was younger and she was signing a million copies of CDs, booklets, like all the things. She was always, you know, signing a million copies to send out to fans or whatever. Um, but she holds it like like a claw. Like it's in between, yeah. like in the very middle of her four fingers. It's very odd. It's very weird. I don't know how that's comfortable. It can't be. But I think she said it was something about her wrist because she had to repeat her signature so many times. Yeah. I don't know. I, I remember her like saying it was because of the signatures. The thing she does for us. She also has an honorary doctorate from NYU. Dr. Swift. That was also pretty new. People might know that one. Yeah. She was taught guitar by a computer repairman. That's some deep lore. Yep. Taylor's old album booklets prior to Reputation all have secret messages, which you can learn more about in episode 86. She used to have an official app called The Swift Life, which was actually a disaster. And you can learn more about that in episode 68. Awesome. So now let's get into these songs that aren't on Taylor's albums that you may not know exist or you've just forgotten about them. Because I'll be honest, I kind of forgot about these. Some of them, not all of them. I'm still a Swifty. Yeah. Some of these I can't forget about. I love them so much. The first one being Half of My Heart by John Mayer. I love that song and the way she just comes in a little bit at the end. Then we have two is better than one, Boys Like Girls. We love our alternative indie queen, Taylor Swift. That was a good one. That was a good one. That one was like pop punk. And then another one of my favorites, Best Days of Your Life by Kelly Pickler. I loved that song. It was like her first post-American Idol song. So cute. Yeah, that was one I forgot about. And then, of course... One of my faves, Highway Don't Care, Tim McGraw. Another country bop. Love that one. Both of us, B.O.B. He is now a flat earther. Fun fact. I'm not surprised. Something was always a little off with him. Yeah. This is What You Came For by Calvin Harris and Brianna. Big lore behind that one. Yeah. If you don't know about that. Stop everything now. I don't even know if you deserve to be a new age Swifty. Her background vocals are mixed in, and she wrote it, and it led to some sassy tweets from Calvin. Yeah, good times, good times. Led to Bleachella, whole thing. Lastly, two bangers from the Hannah Montana movie, Crazier and You'll Always Find Your Way Back Home. Bangers. There's a reason You'll Always Find Your Way Back Home was always my favorite from that movie, and it was because I later learned that Taylor wrote it. (laughs) Yep, yep, her power. So now let's get into some of the popular tour chants, the classic OG tour chants that folks like us do when Taylor's performing. We are not sharing the stupid TikTok ones that people have created within the last three months and no one does them. There's like one person who's like, we're going to let's start this chant and no one does it. So I just want you guys to know that I wrote this with integrity and I would never teach y'all something that other people aren't doing. These are the ones that people actually do. Maybe those will pick up in a couple of years, the TikTok ones. But these are the ones that you will be doing with a the crowd. These are tried and true. You must do them. Yes. Number one, obviously. One, two, three, let's go, bitch from Delicate. 
It's right after the first little hook before she starts the first verse. Can't make any promises now, can we, babe? But you can make me a drink. One, two, three, let's go, bitch. Dive bar on the east side. Where, where you, you at? at? And Taylor counts with the crowd. So she she's into it as well, which is fun. Yeah, she was cheeky on rap tour, but... Yeah, she's leaned in. On Eras, she doesn't care anymore. Yeah. And then with the You Belong With Me, after the lyrics, I'm the one who makes you laugh when you know you're about to cry, clap, clap. You clap twice after that. And sometimes Amos, the bassist, will clap with everyone too. It's fun. On Bad Blood, we start to sing other people's parts. So Band-Aids don't fix bullet holes. You say sorry just for show if you live like that, you live with ghosts. And then we come in as Kendrick and remind her that you can forgive, you can forget, but you never let it go. Never. And lastly, this is my favorite. This is the most precious moment. I tear up every time this has happened and the three times we've seen this happen. At the end of the bridge of Fearless, when she says, it's the first kiss, it's flawless, it's really something, it's fearless, everyone does hard hands. It's really sweet. And it's just so precious and cute. And some, she did it back during the Eras tour. It was great. Yeah, it's sweet. So those are the main ones. And speaking of main chants, let's get into the Swifty main characters. We've got a few people that you have to know, got to keep up with. All right, so let's start with the positive figures. Taylor's touring band is known as The Agency since around 2007. They came up with this name after filming Picture to Burn music video because they looked like secret agents in it. This includes guitarist Paul Sidoti and bassist Amos Heller. So Paul's the one with the hair and Amos has shorter hair. Yes. You might remember they were in some of the early music videos and they've been touring with her ever since, which is so fun. Yeah, it's really cute. They seem like older brothers or dads it's yeah. like really sweet and they sing along like whenever i watch our old videos back they're always mouthing along with taylor i love it yeah i feel like they have so much fun together taylor's backup singers are known as the starlights and i've been performing with her since 2012 their names are jesslyn gorman elliot nicole woodford camilla marshall and melanie name naima <laughs> naima nailed it Speaking of cutesy names for people in her life, Taylor's friends have been called the squad by the media, and we have an entire episode on the very intense history of this if you want to check out our episode 14 for more details. But some of her current members of the quote-unquote squad that are celebrities include Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds, Gigi Hadid, Martha Hunt, and Selena Gomez. Her less public Facing famous friends include Kaylee Teller, Ashley Avignon, and of course, Abigail Anderson. So Abigail is the redheaded Abigail mentioned in Taylor's song 15 from the album Fearless. They have been friends with each other since high school and have remained very close, which is cute. There are more main characters that are, of course, villains. I think a lot of people probably know about this just from pop culture media, but let's get into them and explain who these people are and why we hate them so much. So first and foremost, Scott Borchetta. He's the founder of Big Machine Label Group, which is the label that first signed Taylor in 2005. Then in 2019, without Taylor's knowledge, Scott sold Big Machine Records to Scooter Braun, making Scooter's company the owner of Taylor's Masters. Taylor wasn't given the opportunity to buy the Masters back herself, and in an open letter on Tumblr, she 
discusses how she very much dislikes Scooter Braun and called him a manipulative bully, so you can see why she was hurt by this move. This is why Taylor's been re-recording her masters so she can devalue the ones that she doesn't own, and Scooter has since sold Taylor's masters to a different company, Shamrock Holdings, which is a private equity firm owned by the Disney estate. Next up, some more famous figures, Kim and Kanye. That lore goes deep, y'all. Let's start with, I guess, the most recent part of that, as they are both disliked by Swifties. When they were married in 2016, Kim Kardashian shared a Snapchat on her story that was an edited phone conversation with Kanye and Taylor, making it look like Taylor approved of Kanye calling her a bitch in his song Famous. She did not, and the full conversation has since been linked. It is on YouTube if you want to check it out. But this moment, like you have to know about this moment to be a Swifty. This this is why we have reputation. This is why she went into hiding for a year. This was this fully canceled her. Like I make fun of how cancel culture isn't real, but she was like quote she was canceled for a year. She was. Like she wasn't doing shit. Uh people blew up her socials. They were commenting the snake emoji on everything. Uh Kim made a joke about it being National Snake Day. Uh, hashtag Taylor Swift is over party was trending. Zendaya even liked to tweet about it. It it was not good. It was not good at all. And of course, we can't forget the catalyst of so many moments later in her career when Kanye interrupted Taylor at the 2009 VMAs. As a reminder, Taylor won Best Female Music Video, and Kanye interrupted her saying that it should have gone to Beyonce, but she ended up winning Best Music Video later that night, which was for single ladies. So kind of makes sense why he did it, but still very rude and insane. So now let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to share some famous inside jokes within our fandom. This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? Monarch Money. Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com podcast. Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com slash podcast for your free trial. Monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Welcome back. We are going to start things off with the most jam-packed era of inside jokes, and that is, of course, the Lover era. So Lover is an era which many fans consider to be Taylor's flop as it did poorly commercially compared to her other albums. But a lot of people love it. Um, let's not hate on it. A lot of people love it. But compared to her other works, it did not do as well. And a lot of us fans were fighting for our lives on social media. And of course, this created a lot of funny content. So regardless of how you feel about it, this is an important time of Swiftyhood. Let's just give a little backstory. During this era, Taylor was really, really, really leaning into the Easter egg thing on social media and all the music videos and her interviews. 
I think this is like the most Easter egg heavy moment of all of her eras. And because of this, people still think she's being like this and she's not. She's just living her life. But in this era, she was like full on every, the amount of breath she took was an Easter egg. It was a bit much. And one of the funniest parts of this is we were dissecting everything, of course, and she shared a photo on Instagram where she was looking through a fence and there were five holes. People thought that would somehow become significant, but literally nothing happened. Other than the saying, there were five holes in the fence. So this is now set as a joke when you find yourself clowning too hard or you notice other Swifties are clowning too hard with their theories. You're like, there, there were five holes in the fence. Like, we need to calm down. It's like bring it back to earth kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, there were five holes in the fence. That's all. <laughs> Around this time in early April 2019, a fan account called at Legit Tay Updates on Twitter had been silent for a couple months and then tweeted, quote, as most of you know, I haven't been very active in the past couple of months because I was in prison. Slanty face. I'm back now, though. Smiley face. More Taylor Swift updates coming soon. End quote. And someone replied, OMG, why? To which Legit Tay Updates replied, I refuse to join the IDF, LMAO. So for context, the IDF is the Israel Defense Force and military service is required for most Israelis when they turn 18. Did some Googling. This could be wrong. Take it all with a grain of salt. Here are the facts. Men must serve 32 months and women 24 if you were... If you refuse to serve, you are jailed unless you have an exception like being pregnant or having young children. Uh, Apparently, it's usually a prison sentence of around 10 days, but sometimes it can be up to a month and in worse situations, a couple months. Some folks reporting 60 days, some reporting a year in some extreme cases. But I'm not familiar with that. I've never lived in Israel. The internet could be lying to me. But whatever the case, this fan account was among that group of people who was in prison for not joining. Honestly, it's not really adding up. Like, not to get into it. I mean, I don't know what I would do. I don't live there. But I'd rather be in jail for a week than in the army for 24 months. Oh, totally. For two years? That's insane. I don't blame at legit Tay updates. But I'm glad she got to return and make more Swifty updates. Yes. And Vice did an article about this account and they did verify it. So this this is a real moment that happened in our Swiftyhood. Again, from the lover era. Then when the Me music video was released on April 26, 2019, people did not like it. So on this day, a Swifty account tweeted, since y'all want to be assholes for Taylor, Iron Man dies in Endgame. And I'm not even joking. For reference, <laughs> this tweet was on the same day Avengers Endgame was released in theaters. It also went viral. This was funny. This was I like no one had seen the movie yet. This was the same day it came out. That's brutal. That's a really brutal thing to do to people. That because that was like a huge spoiler. Yeah, and it's because people were being mean about the meme music video. I mean, she got him. She got him good. Yeah, yeah. Also in the me lyric video, there were some poorly drawn stars, and a Tumblr user posted them saying, "Taylor, what is this?" And Taylor responded with stars do you like them (laughs) and since then people have gotten these poorly drawn stars as tattoos they are profile pics on twitter Um, anytime something is poorly drawn people say stars do you like them it's a moment it's a moment 
And they are very poorly drawn. Just Google stars you like them, they'll come up. That is up there with I'm swift as fuck, boy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's kind of weird sometimes. Well, most of the time. Also during this period, the liver period, this is one of my favorites, uh, a Swifty Twitter account shared, I'm going to kill myself. And another Swifty fan account replied, wait till lover drops. We can't lose sales. (laughs) Which did go viral. Oh my God. Which is, in hindsight, true. We needed every sale we could get. Fair. Again, rough era, but it produced, you know, the roughness produced diamonds within our community. There was also a fake lover track list leaked before the real thing, which contained Selena Gomez and Drake as features, but more importantly, a song called Carnal Desire. So now anytime yes. fans discuss leaks, people sometimes bring up Carnal Desire. This is one of my favorite fandom inside things is when people bring up Carnal Desire, because like, what universe would Taylor Swift have a song called Carnal Desire? Honestly, after the Tortured Poets track list, I'm not sure I would count that out. It's the most disgusting animalistic title I've ever read. Like, it's like invoking a zoo and like animals fucking. Like, I hate it. But anyway, we all thought this was real and we were like, all right, well, I guess this is where she's going with Lover. And it ended up being fake. No, instead we got like paper rings. (laughs) Yeah. So that was funny. So then Lover came out. We got the real track list with no carnal desire. And Taylor announced her plans to re-record, as we mentioned earlier, her open letter on Tumblr, the whole Scooter Braun of it all. And during this period, anytime Scooter did anything, he was attacked online by Swifties because we were upset. And one of these nights, Scooter Braun tweeted, amazing night in Nashville. And a Swiftie replied in all caps, and your last, which has since been repeated by Swifties heavily. You, you might see and your last used a lot. Was this a threat? I don't I don't know what they meant by that. <laughs> it was great, though. Good for them. Speaking of folks most Swifties don't like, there is also No It's Ashley or It's Just Ashley, a Taylor Swift impersonator who is totally not even trying to look like Taylor or copy her at all or her voice or her posture or how she holds pens or anything. It's just Ashley. No. So anytime someone kind of looks like Taylor Swift, people will say, it's just Ashley. Which is the funniest diss we could possibly do. <laughs> no, no, it's Ashley. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of impersonators, there's also a famous drag queen named Taylor Sheesh, who performs the Eras tour for free in the Philippines. You might have seen her TikToks. But we like and respect Taylor Sheesh and this fandom. She's a great A impersonator. She is. I did not know she was in drag. Good for her. Yeah. All right. Now let's back it up. We're going back to the 1989 era, ancient times, and we're going to discuss a few inside jokes from then, too. First, it was rumored that Taylor Swift didn't have a belly button. Yes. And there were photos that the paparazzi were trying to get that were reportedly going to be worth millions because people wanted proof of this belly button. Y'all, there were BuzzFeed articles about this. There were Facebook statuses. There were YouTube videos proving that she didn't have a belly button. That must be why was she weird. was always in high-waisted bathing suits. Mm-hmm. No other explanation. Mm-hmm. The the matching skirt, crop top piece, no belly button. It was weird. And then in response to that, she posted a bikini photo with her and Haim on a boat, therefore rendering any paparazzi 
photos worthless. Well, even if they would not have proved that she didn't have a belly button. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's possible. Any healthcare professionals chime in. Gotta have the umbilical cord somewhere. Yeah. And now for one of, I feel like, Cressy's favorite inside jokes, because you love the t-shirt and wore it to the Eras Tour concert. If you have seen our photos, know our lore. No, it's Becky. This came from a Tumblr post. Uh, I feel like this was before. Was this? In, this had to have been before 1989, right? Yes, yeah, she just wore the shirt during a couple years late during okay. the 1989 era. You know how the millennials are. It takes them a couple, couple yeah. months, couple years catch to catch up to with joke. the jokes that like the 14 year olds are making online, as they should. Yeah, because we should not have to hear everything a 14 year old says online yeah so anyway someone posted on tumblr a photo of a very old photo of taylor swift from like high school she looks really young and said this is my friend becky she died from like snorting marijuana or something like that something insane and like pray for becky kind of thing a random account replied to and said pretty sure that's taylor swift someone else said no it's becky and then a gabillion years later taylor swift wore a crop top that said no it's becky with a plaid skirt, which I mimicked when I saw her for the Eras tour in Atlanta. Because it's silly. Iconic. Lastly, maybe this is MK's favorite. The theory that Taylor Swift and Harry Styles committed vehicular manslaughter. Uh, there are a lot of songs on the 1989 album that allude to this. And since then... This is when the rumors popped up, you know, 20 stitches in the hospital room. There was a snowmobile accident. We talk about this in our Harry Styles episode if you want to learn more. But there's some, there's definite proof that they got into a car accident. But we as a fandom do like to joke that someone died. <laughs> Harry Styles killed someone on accident. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know who first said it, but it's stuck with me ever since. I know. Same. I'm not even really sure I understand the references, but... We're going for it. Yeah. Now jumping to reputation, this iconic era gave us a lot of fun fandom moments. The giant inflatable snake on her tour, we named her Karen with a K and a Y. K-A-R-Y-N. Because we're really creative and hilarious. Yeah, she is definitely a member of the Kardashian clan. Karen. And I loved Karen. I loved her. I did too. I thought it was hilarious that she like, had an inflatable like balloon on tour yeah it's it doesn't have to be technological and it's such a shame that reputation isn't on netflix anymore i know we can't see karen whenever we want it's devastating i know yeah i think it's on youtube now though like the 1989 one uh there is also speaking of this era there's a netflix documentary that all new swifties should watch called Miss Americana. This shows a lot of background information on the making of Reputations tour and the making of Lover. So we do recommend it. It was a tough time in our life and a really good documentary. And it also gave our fandom more inside jokes, specifically the proposal scene. We all knew where we were when we saw the proposal scene. I can't believe it made the cut. It's so uncomfortable. <laughs> Why did they do that? Taylor used to invite fans after shows. This was called the rep room, but there were a couple different names for each tour. And one of 
the perks of that, including getting to meet Taylor, is you got a professional photo with her in front of a backdrop. And everyone gets a photo. You get your time with Taylor and be like, oh, my God, I love you so much. Like, you were so good tonight. Like, can we be best friends? Blah, 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 blah. But instead of um, having that moment with Taylor, this couple that was there together, um, the guy got a one knee and proposed, which I would have been so mad if he took away that like one minute that I had with Taylor Swift. And Taylor's face, I mean, just look it up for yourself if you don't know, but her face says it all. She is so uncomfortable by the situation. It's so awkward. And uh, this does get brought up a lot in our fandom because we're all still traumatized by that. It was insanely weird, and I don't know why they even put it in the documentary. Bad choice. <laughs> Big thumb down. For more fandom inside jokes, we want to recommend our MySpace episode, which is episode six, where we read out posts from Taylor's MySpace profile, which contains the famous fuck sewing machines comment. Iconic. If you don't know, go listen. It's good. We also have an episode on Tay Voodoo, episode 11. Tay Voodoo is a phenomenon that alludes that anytime someone wrongs Taylor, their lives become a disaster and things always work out for Taylor in the end. Um, a good example of this is Taylor attending the Super Bowl and the Chiefs winning. That was Tay Voodoo because the Chiefs were playing very poorly. I mean, honestly, I haven't seen a situation where it hasn't worked out that way. So, yeah, when she shows up, things work out in her favor. That's Tay Voodoo. We also have an episode on Fady, episode 43. It was a famous Swifty account that faked his own death, then kidnapping, but then came back. Very thrilling story. Weird couple of days on the internet. Weird couple of days. So check that one out too. Definitely got to go listen. So that was a crash course on what we thought was the most referenced things that a lot of new Swifties might not know. We obviously couldn't go through all of it. That would be 10-part mini HBO series because this is a career spanning two decades now. But if there's anything you think we missed, the old Swifties listening, jot it down in the Discord. Let's continue this trip down memory lane. Let's keep talking about it. And if you're a new Swifty, you can join our Discord and read that conversation and learn a few more silly things that we like to reference here and there. Yeah. And if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so at GFA Weekend. And if you love us, you could review our podcast, leave a five-star review and comment about how awesome we are. And you could comment your favorite Taylor Swift lore. It helps yeah. us out a lot. We love lore. Our link tree is just slash GFA Weekend. So you can find all of our socials there. It's also on our show notes. And lastly, before we wrapped up today, I just want to remind everyone that we will be accepting Swifty confessions starting in March, March to April. It will be for episode 100 of Good for a Weekend, Ooh. a monumentous episode for all of us. So be thinking of your confessions, jot them down, put them in your notes app, save a draft on your email folder because we are going to start accepting those March 1st. And we will have an episode in March reminding you of that. Say all the things that you're too scared to tell your Swifty friends because we'll air them out for you anonymously if you want us to. Yeah. And yeah, just use a pseudonym. Honestly, like we be doing it every week. So come join us. It's a safe space. Yeah, we haven't gotten any death threats yet. Not for this. No, no, not for this. This other stuff. <laughs>